Hello, leaders, and welcome to Connections, the podcast. This is where we sit down with some of our friends and talk about how God wants to use us to lead the women in our community to be better mothers, wives, and children of God. I'm Jennifer Iverson, your host for today, and I'm excited to chat with Kelly Smith, Vice President of Marketing and Church Engagement here at Mops International. She has some exciting information for us about a partnership we have with the Barna Corporation, an independent research company. Welcome, Kelly. It's so great to have you. Uh, Tell us a little bit about what you do here at MomCo. Hi, Jennifer. Good morning. It's exciting to be here. I am delighted to talk a little bit today on this project that we've been working on for the last 18 months. I um, My day job is uh, to oversee the marketing team here at Mops and the church engagement team. And uh, as these come together, this study really sits in the middle of those two teams uh, in a way that it both informs our churches and our pastors that we work with, as well as um, giving us insight into moms and what motherhood looks like in the post-COVID world that we live in. And this is really the first study that's been released from a Christian perspective on motherhood post-COVID. And what I feel like was fascinating about this project is that we overlaid pastors' impressions of what moms need over what moms state that they need. And so it gives this nice comparison that we can look at to be able to understand better how churches can serve moms in a better way. Oh, I love that. I love getting the perspective of both because I think um, so often we think we know what other people yes. want. And so getting the data to show what's happening, I think is going to be really eye-opening. Okay. Can you can you share with us, I mean, I know it's an extensive study, but can you share with us maybe some of the top things that you found fascinating from the study? Yeah, as we looked at it, um, what was most surprising, and every time I've shared this piece of data, people don't believe me because it's so shocking, but 49% of churches don't offer any sort of mom's ministry at all. And you're like, man, what kind of category would you have? like reduce that down to and that's including even offering child care on Sundays that's including dedicated mom ministries like the mom co or moms in prayer or some of these other um, mom specific ministries and so we just found that as you look across the U.S. church we really focused on the U.S. church there is a giant gap for serving moms in a way that makes it uh, not only possible to go to church but in able to give her the resources she needs to be able to flourish, whether that's in a community or in our church as well, because we all know there's so much that moms can give back to their communities if we just equip them in the right ways. Yeah, I think one of the fascinating pieces that I saw in it was that the data proves that moms want an app like that we're tired and we're busy and we need the mental load to be reduced. What's funny about that uh, is that uh, I heard you say moms need a nap, which wasn't actually a question like an NAP, which actually wasn't a question in here, but um, allow me to back them. No, but all of my response uh, was that I thought you said moms need an app. And I was like, actually, they don't need more technology. In fact, what they have yeah. said is um, that 
they need more connection and less content. And when I say they, I feel silly because I'm a mom and you're a mom. So we need less content. And it's really about a lack of connection that we all have. And so how do we um, provide spaces where moms can connect at a deeper level? So they're tired and they need a nap. Yes, they do. And they also are just seeking connection. Right. What's what I find fascinating by that. That's hilarious. Like, no, no, we don't need any more apps. Like, so no more apps. My phone dings <laughs> one more time. And yet there are certain things that I'm like, man, I wish there was an app for this. Like, you know, true. It's, true. it's a delicate balance in things. But even reading through this, there wasn't a ton of information that shocked me because I'm a mom, right? You're, oh, yeah, yeah, I know. That's, that's yeah. very true. What I've heard over and over again from a mom response to the data is, uh, yeah, uh, I already knew this, but I feel so validated by this being like numerically quantified of how I'm feeling. And um, so th- I think that that gives us a lot of hope too, because I think there's something about being seen and there's something about being able to look in the data and it reflects something that is core to who you are. Yeah. I think too, validating is saying out loud that we need community because we as moms sometimes feel the need to be very independent and we'll figure it out ourselves. We put a lot of those shoulds, like I should be able to do this. I was just talking to a mom the other day who told me that she was really sick. She, she worked her full day of work. Then she drove herself to the ER. She spent five hours in the ER. She got all of these meds. Then she drove herself home, slept, got up the next day and went back to work. And I'm like, okay, we have got to figure out how to say, I don't have to do it all. Yeah. (laughs) There's nobody out there who thinks that that should be the norm. No, no. And so I think there's some of the responsibility on both sides of it when we come to community. Like I have to be willing to say, I need help. I can accept help. I'm not less of a mom because I'm asking for this community. Um, yeah. But so for our churches to go, man, uh, a Tuesday morning Bible study without childcare is not meeting the needs of the majority of the moms in my organization. Yes. And I, I think some of the, there was some data around churches and how they're serving moms. And that was important for us to look at. But some of the other pieces that I found really fascinating and really hopeful is that we also did some differences between moms that are Christian and moms that are non-Christian. And what we saw over and over again in this data was uh, huge differences between Christian moms and non-Christian moms. When we look at how they feel about the future, like, so non-Christian moms, significantly, like 13% more likely to report that they feel uncertain about the future, 14% more likely to say that they have a lot of anxiety around important life decisions, and 10% difference in them feeling afraid to fail. And so I think that this um, hope around what we do as an organization to connect women to not only a group of women that can walk alongside them and really become their village as they approach motherhood. And certainly I think all of us have stories about how that village carried us through some really impossible times in motherhood. Um, Me included definitely a part of my story, but that there are women that are really struggling in the game of motherhood. The, the, it is, it feels uh, like a game. 
It's it really bad uh, prizes and really great prizes sometimes. Yeah. Um, but if we could invite them into community, there are really tangible things that, that can help to ease some of the burden they're carrying. And this is that like unconscious burden that we all as moms carry um, with us that weighs us down in the back of our minds that gives us a lot of fear. And so how do we combat that fear is really in this community space. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. I think the hope, the hope that Christ provides is ultimately the goal here. at yes, the yes. And I think seeing that in the data is also very validating. I agree. I agree. Okay. So we're kind of preaching to the choir here because our audience are mom leaders. Um, some of them are leaders of mom co-groups. Some of them are just leaders in their own industry, in their churches. Um, so from a perspective of being a mom leader, how can we use this data to really help our churches? Because I think, you know, for me as a mom, as a leader, as a Christian, I want to see my church reaching more moms in my community. So how can I take this to my pastor and say, not this like, you've got to do better, but more of a, hey, I want to come alongside you. I see this data showing this is a huge area that we could impact our community. How do we do that? How do we how do we talk to the pastor? I guess that's what I'm yes. saying. So I... I love threes. So I feel like I've driven it down to kind of three, three main points. And then I have some suggested next steps on top of that. But the first thing is bottom line, the survey shows moms today are in search of community and a sense of togetherness and affinity with other moms that can help them, but also recognize what they're navigating. And so the first thing is that moms need community. The second thing is that the church has the opportunity to meet what moms are seeking, which is community help and recognition. And those aren't that complicated. Like the church can meet those needs with just some small tweaks. Um, and many of them are already doing it really, really well. And the third thing is that Christian moms are most often meeting the need for discipleship and faith formation for their children. And so if the church understands how valuable the mom is in the formation of the kids, that actually is a lot easier than designing programs to meet the needs of kids outside the context of the moms. Like this idea that you could support the mom so that she could disciple her children well yeah. is actually such a powerful thing for us to lean into. And so I know that uh, pastors, as they've seen this data, feel empowered really by the ability to understand these elements. So the first thing I would say is if your church is already running some sort of mom's ministry, whether that's um, the Momco group or Moms in Prayer or some of these other groups that exist, um, tell them thank you for recognizing the need. So I think that the first space is really a gratefulness that, that your church is an outlier in what we're seeing across the U.S. Um, so that would be number one. I think the second thing is uh, because I love data, going to um, Barna's website and purchasing the study to give your pastor a copy of the study is incredible. The study is called Motherhood Today, and it's available for sale in their library. We do have some additional 
resources available on growthechurch.co. Um, on that webpage gives a lot of the highlights of the stats and some other stories. So even just showing your pastor that also feels really valuable. And then we also have a link to a survey. And what I feel powerful about this survey technology is it takes some of the questions that are in our survey, really consolidates them down into, I think it's 32 questions. And a church can deploy that survey to their congregation and then be able to see how their data measures up with the study data. And I just think that's a powerful way to see, like, how are you doing against the national averages? How is your church in the climate of how they're serving moms really well? And what are the needs of the moms? And uh, so we can post information on how to um, access that as well. But that feels like kind of the, depending on the level of engagement and the, the amount of time that your pastor has, kind of three different ways that they can interact with this. Yeah, I love that because I think, you know, like you said, one, expressing gratitude, you know, yes. for anything that is provided for the moms. And you mentioned this earlier, like even Sunday morning childcare. Um, I work on Sunday mornings in the itty bitty babies just because oh. I want to smell them and squish them and oh, they're so yes. amazing. Anyway, but I see the moms come and they're tired, like we said. And so even being able to say thank you for providing that for a mom is yeah. huge. And so leading with that gratitude is awesome. And for a church to be able to figure out what does my church community look like? What do the moms look like in that? I think is super helpful because you know, there's going to be some that are like, oh, we don't do anything. And then the mom goes, oh no, I love this. And other churches that'll be like, oh, we do lots of things. And the mom is like, I feel, you know, lonely and ignored. Yes. So seeing the data and the truth is I think the best place to start. Right. Yes. Completely agree. Yeah. Like once you have that information, you can act on it, but not having it, there's just too many assumptions. Yeah. That's excellent. Okay. We can put those things in the show notes so people can access those. So don't feel like you had to like really quickly remember what the websites were. Um, And then what are some of those next steps that you mentioned? Yeah, so I I feel like definitely um, getting a copy of the study is powerful. Um, If you are like, man, I don't love data that much, um, visit growthechurch.co. And that is going to be a place where you can pull uh, some of these stats that I've talked about, but as well as some deeper stats as well on that website. And then the third thing is this ability to take the study. So uh, deploy a survey within your context. And that could actually be in your MOPS group. It could be within your church congregation, or it could be at a broader community spot. And that just gives you a snapshot of the data that's happening in your exact location. Yeah. One of the things that I love about the study is it's not just this book, this 80 page book of data. And I love data. Like I am a data nerd, but I love that throughout it, there are articles from actual pastors and women and mental health um, care providers, and just really talking about not only do you see the data, but let me tell you a little bit more about what that looks like. So even if you're not a data nerd, there's some amazing content in the study that shares like how to apply that to your day-to-day life. Yeah, this project was really unique for the Barna team that we worked with, and they pulled every one of the 
people that worked on our project were moms that worked within Barna, which is just kind of a fun um, tidbit of information. And so it was really a passion project for them. And we just had so much fun working alongside them as they gathered this research, but then put it together. And you're so right. So many of the stories uh, that were talked about in this are from the perspective of moms who are working, but also um, experts in their field and have navigated motherhood through this season which it, it is I realize we're all tired of it but an unprecedented season when you think of um, going through a, a pandemic um, in this like digital age is a unique experience that has changed motherhood in some pretty profound ways yeah and honestly I think even if you take out the the pandemic side just the technology piece is um, for most moms that have grown up with some technology, but it was not so pervasive in every space of our life. Yes. Two, now we're raising children who it is, it is in everything. Um, Yeah. So I think also the interesting thing is this from the perspective of the study. And when we talk about talking with pastors, there are pastors' voices in this study. So it's not, um, I think sometimes I am afraid that I'm going to come across like this woman's movement and you need to listen to mm-hmm. me as a woman and I have things to say. And yes, that's important, but I don't want to go into it feeling like I'm going into battle. And so when I can say to my pastor, hey, Andy Stanley has some thoughts on this. He right. he goes, oh, wait, I know who I should. <laughs> right. Yes. We are coming out with a podcast. Um, Mandy and um, Dave Kinnaman from Barna team will be unpacking some of this data with um, some of other additional experts outside those that are represented in the study. And so we'll launch that in October. So there are some more projects that we want to continue to do to flesh out this data because it feels like a short little conversation can't do justice to all of the nuggets that are contained inside this study. Um, I think, and I just like flipped through and noted another detail that I just think is also interesting, but just in general, Christian moms tell us in this study that since becoming a mom, they're significantly less likely to be involved in their church and we are seeing some compelling data about reasons why families leave the church or or people leave the church based on not just our study, but some other studies. And this idea that church may not align with sleep schedules, may not align with their childcare needs, may not align with their special needs, uh, like if they have special needs kids, what are these barriers that are getting in the way of moms showing up logistically at the church? Like how is that impacting it? Because there might be subtle changes that we can make to serve those needs really well. That's awesome. That's awesome. And really providing community more than I'm going to a building for teaching. I think so many people can get teaching anywhere. Online, especially like where you don't need to leave your home. Yes. So it really comes down to how are we providing community for moms? And you and I are like, well, duh, you use the mom co, right? Yes, um, yes. Which many of our leaders are like, we know that too. And so I think having this um, to share with pastors is excellent. So I just want to say thank you for leading the charge on this and uh, getting this data 
for us and working on this project. Um, before we wrap up, is there one more thing that you want our our mom leaders to know? I think the biggest thing is, and and I found this in a number of circles that I've um, had the privilege of talking about this data in, is um, I'll leave you with one in four moms are dissatisfied with their church. And I'm going to bet that the people listening to this podcast are the lucky one out of that data. Mm. And your church is providing the support that you need as a mom. And so I do think that there is just um, like a posture of gratefulness inside that. I just think it's so valuable to be able to recognize um, and want to share with others the fact that most moms experience is that their church isn't in a place that can provide this. Yeah. That is amazing. The the gratitude and then the ability to be an advocate. And it's yes. that's one of our um, organizational qualities that we promote is be an advocate. So moms, uh, leaders, <laughs> we give you um, more um, tools in your tool belt to be able to continue to be advocates for the moms in your community. Leaders, let me also remind you that this is the year that your yes is where it all begins. We will befriend discomfort, we will be easily delighted, and we will be here now. We will say yes to starting small and thinking big. Yes to passion. Yes to God. It is amazing how one little word can change your life. Saying yes opens us up to new ways of thinking and new opportunities for fun, growth, and connection. We will say yes to this moment, these people, and this life.